Come all you young sailormen, listen to me. I'll sing you a song of the fish in the sea. And it's windy weather, boys, stormy weather, boys, when the wind blows. We're all together, boys, blow ye winds westerly, blow ye winds blow. Jolly sou'wester, boys, steady she goes. Up jumps the hill with a slippery tail, climbs up aloft and reefs the topsail, and it's windy weather, boys, stormy weather, boys. Hello, and welcome to the PC Gamer UK podcast. I'm Sam Roberts, and I'm joined today by... Philip Orr. Phil Savage. We're going to talk about games. We're not going to answer any reader questions this week because they weren't very good. <laughs> Sorry, I'm being mean there. There was one um, that asked us to envision what... Uh, which kind of chicken dinner we envision when we hear about the chicken dinner in PUBG, which just made me think about our conversation about crispy duck. Yes. But yeah. Um, well, I mean, I don't picture a duck when I picture chicken, admittedly, but no. I see, I see why your mind would go there, Pip. I hate, uh, I hate this the new trend of the chicken dinner thing being being seen literally as an actual chicken dinner. Yes. Like that guy who's now. Uh, only allowing himself to eat when he wins a chicken dinner. Yes, which I mean in yes. battlegrounds. And even then, only a chicken and then, dinner. Even then, only a chicken <laughs> dinner, which is like. There's a lot of variation. Mate, you're there. A <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's probably libelous. Sorry, slander, slander is that slander? That one. Yeah, I'll check with our legal team. But you know, I think it is. I mean, is it though? It's, <laughs> He's it's, decided this to is eat clearly chicken dinners for an a opinion month. piece. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> He's decided to eat chicken for a month without he without. Can just Consulting a, a doctor. Phil Savage <laughs> is not a registered dietitian. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, I, when I, to answer the question, I I picture chicken, potatoes, uh, bro- uh, broccoli, Brussels sprouts, carrots, and gravy. I don't know about you, you two. I think I hadn't pictured really anything up until this point, but then as soon as it was asked, I started thinking about in Futurama when Fry is eating a chicken with gravy off his own head. Mm. Oh, yes, yes, mm. very good, yes. Mm. To show how impulsive he is. <laughs> yes. Yes. It just makes me think of our art editor, John Strike, who is the only living human who I have known to use the phrase winner, winner, chicken dinner. What, before the game Before the out? game came out, just as a thing that he said. Isn't it an Americanism, really? I don't know. I say it sounds very British. It, it sounds. It does sound northern. Interesting. You're from the north, Phil. I'm not from the north. I just <laughs> was there for a bit. As our representative <laughs> from the north, uh, emissary past the wall. Uh, no, I. You know, I am. Um, I'm. I'm. I have family from the Midlands, and certainly it's not a. They say some absolute nonsense where my family are from, but they. That is not one of the things that they say. Um, it's a phrase I was aware of. Yes. Okay. But I don't know. I, I haven't looked up the etymology of it. Well, basically, this is this is why I sagged off the listener questions at the start of the podcast. <laughs> and yet, <laughs> podcast gold. <laughs> yeah, apparently so. I don't know why I'm neglecting this. And someone else asked, um, when was Andy Kelly coming out to the podcast? And the question is, the answer is... Never. He's a bot now. <laughs> yeah, he, he made it very difficult by... Um, pure moving, <laughs> He made it very difficult by moving to York. But if you want to see what he gets up to on most days, um, just look at the videos he makes on Twitter. That's That's... Largely, where you can get your Andy Kelly fix, I think, or the robot. Those are the two. Or buy the magazine that we make. Yes, yeah. <laughs> or look us. on the website that you you do. Yeah, these are all tracking down down through his actual job. <laughs> these are all by justifying sources. the money we pay for him. <laughs> these are alternate sources of Andy Kelly that are available. Um, um, so yeah, yeah, he does come down occasionally. So I don't know, maybe one day after the weekend uh, when we can record more. Knocks on the door. We pretend we we're can. not in. <laughs> you know the usual. <laughs> And drag him into a podcast studio. Yeah, it tends to come down on days where we're just incredibly busy and then we just miss the opportunity. And then he says, oh, I have to go home now. We're like, it's midday. I've been here for one hour. I have to go now because I live in, you know, Newcastle or whatever. I'm exaggerating all of those things. None of, none of that's correct. <laughs> no, this is true. No, he lives in York. Um, so, okay, I'm just going to talk about some Your games. Your understanding then. of this whole situation is both nebulous and pleasing. <laughs> Okay, cool. I'll just talk about some games then, because that'd be a good thing to do. We should probably do that. We've got quite a lot to talk about as well. Mm. Um, so, uh, me and Phil play games uh, on the reg now as a kind of a part of a, a cabal of uh, four people. Um, so, Vermintide we've been playing, and I don't know how to respond to any of this. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Vermintide we've been playing a lot of. Um, I think we've done almost all of that now. Um, all the main camp out of order, stuff. I think. Yeah. But, which has made it a bit confusing, but you know. I, I don't think you have to worry about the story of it. The it's, story is there's rats and it's bad, and there are British accents in the mm. midst of that. Um, are these the rats that no one believes in? 
I think they believe in them now in because terms of they're the everywhere. Law. There's been a tide of them. Oh. They've got they've got you know stuff everywhere. They're throwing gas everywhere, and they've they've yeah. They're, but yeah, they're big rats. They're the big hot, rats. The hot Warhammer bants. The hot is Warhammer the, bants is that the, the, a lot of the races don't believe that they exist or something. Okay. We really need Tom Senior here to delve into <laughs> the intricate aspects of Warhammer lore. We just enjoy the stupid things that the. Um, the playable characters in the game say because they're all highly stylized members of different factions mm. in Warhammer, and they'll just go, "Great shot, elf!" That sort of thing. I'd expect better from you. They all hate each other, warrior. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's very fun, isn't it? It's, it's good. 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 Um, it's a nice nice sort of take on the. It's very Left for Dead in a lot of ways, but yeah. if anything, the combat does feel better because Left Dead's guns are very sort of. There's not much feedback to them. Mm. Uh, they're just just animations that play out while zombies fall over. Yes. Um, it's one of Valve's weaker like games in terms of that kind of feedback and feeling. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, Vermintide, you're just stabbing up things, and that's always good. Yeah, stabbing up things, or if you're me, you've got a fire staff. You've got a fire staff, and you blow yourself up. <laughs> a lot, yeah. I overheat a lot, and... Um, rather than remembering to cool down, I'll just explode. Yeah, there's a whole cooldown mechanic for Sam's uh, character, so every now and again we'll be going around and it'll just be like, well, I've blown up now. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just wait a second and you watch him fall over and it's like, oh, okay. But it does like, some, like it does radius damage when I explode, mm. which is quite nice. I guess um, that's a positive. Yeah, so we're enjoying that and looking forward to the second one, but we also played a bit of Sea of Thieves recently, didn't we? Yeah, we um, tried that during the um, close beta. beta thing. Yeah, and uh, while I don't think we achieved loads while playing it, um, we did get into some interesting adventures with the brig, which um, mm. we can get a few different perspectives on here of what None happened. None of this is my fault. No, no. <laughs> no it's not. It definitely isn't. Um, <laughs> so Sea of Thieves is this pirate game from Rare. Um, you can choose to sail in a one-person boat, two people or four people. Three people just have to you know, get in a bin, I assume. Um, no, they, Actually, if, you, if you're three people, they just team you up with another person. They, for... they introduce a random player into your group, which is where all the problems happened. Yeah. Because we were three people going into it at the time. I think what I learned from it is that we're probably going to have to use the in-game chat in order to do the game properly. Yeah. Um, or think... just, just do it Skype with four people. Yeah, what I learned was we're terrible bullies. No, that is not. that is only half correct. <laughs> uh, because... We were <laughs> well the bully, the bully bit, but not the terrible bit because we're, we're par- we are partial bullies. We are part-time bullies. Okay, we're bullies half the time. Mm, um, okay, so the first rando we got, um, we got onto the boat and we set sail. We were learning how the sort of sailing systems work. And what did the rando do, Phil? Okay, um, I mean, admittedly, we all got in place and tried to figure things out while he stood and rang a bell a lot. But by a lot, like <laughs> did he did he do anything else? I don't think he did. <laughs> Not that I noticed. Yes, <laughs> um, and it would be nice to say that that was definitely the reason we locked him up. But also, I did just press escape, see a lock in brig option, and triggered a vote to lock him in the brig because I was like, I wonder what this does. Yes. Mm. So, I mean, it was almost. It was lucky that he was doing something annoying to get locked in the brig because he was going to get locked in the brig, whatever happened. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, but the, um, the I but think... that was just that was just an inevitability, and um, it's good that he also provided a justification to, to my worst instincts. So he had no um, way of communicating with us beyond the um, in-game sort of like pre-made. Uh, text up op- text chat options is that right yeah i think there's i think there's type chat there maybe um also it's possible he was trying to talk to us because a little text box came up over his head a lot no but i don't think a little sound box would have come up if he was talking mm, it's hard to say uh what was going on there because we were obviously in a different skype call and i don't think the in-game chat was coming through I don't really know. The in-game chat is supposed to work, though, and have like proximity sound and stuff. You're supposed huh. to be able to hear what the other crew is doing, which I think is um, a nice idea, but only if you're really playing with friends or at your app. So, for example, I went to mm. Rare last week to play more of it, and I don't... I think it, it would just be... Online, that would just be horrendous. You know, like and you're... You're at a certain disadvantage, um, I think, depending on who you are in that situation. Mm. Um, also, my hearing's really bad. Can you imagine if I had to keep getting someone to come from the other side of the boat so I could hear what they were talking about? <laughs> you what, mate? <laughs> I'm what? sorry, what? <laughs> well, it's, um, it's, it's, it's okay when they're nearby, but you can actually hear from quite far off. Like, um, 
we when I when I played this at Rare, like um, I could hear uh, Leon Hurley on Games Radar say, "I've never been so angry right now." After we sank their ship, cashed in all of their treasure, and got lots of upgrades, and they had nothing. And then I bought a nice new belt and cutlass to celebrate, <laughs> and I was happy to hear that he was upset. <laughs> that, that made that made me happy. Um, but I suppose back to our playthrough, Phil. Uh, yeah. We locked that person the brig. Then. We did. Then, and then, then he left. He left. Uh, I went down to visit him, thinking, uh, you know, checking to see if the prisoner had been rehabilitated, was ready to be reintroduced to the society on our boat. And, Were uh, you just checking to see whether there was a taunt option? No, no, but uh, as soon as I went down there. Option, so. As soon as I went down there, they got a gun out, shot at me, didn't do anything because I'm a uh, crewmate. So I went, well, if you're going to be like that. And then I just went to head back upstairs and they, they, they'd left the game. And that was um, the first time we bullied someone. Yes. Um, so the next time... Um, <laughs> so, Pip, what was your perspective on, on this from, from the outside? Well, Joe and I were both agreed that it sounded like a completely sort of out-of-nowhere brigging. Mm. <laughs> because mm. all we could hear was you, you three's side of the Skype call. And yeah. it was very much like, hey, hey, there's a brig option. Should we put him in the brig? Yeah. <laughs> and then a lot of gleeful voting. Well, look, you know, that's may- definitely how it happened. Maybe my telling is the um, uh, Ryan Murphy uh, American crime story Versace retelling, where you know Ricky Martin's in it, and you've changed some of the key details about the, what actually happened. But hey, you know, what can I say? I, that's how I remember it, Pip. You know, who's Ricky Martin in this scenario? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Did you put Ricky Martin in the brig? No, 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 no. Nothing like that happened. Um, so let's discuss. Let's describe the. <laughs> Let's describe the second brigging incident. All right. Um, so we had a lot enough- of things happened here. <laughs> yeah. So this was as we we figured out just enough of how the game worked to be dangerous. Yeah, to so, ourselves. So we um, didn't really get the idea of at an outpost you need to take on a on a voyage and then you need to. Did Rare speak at all about like how difficult it is to figure out basic systems? I or? think they want people to learn it because right, the thing okay. is, I, I feel like I understand it really well now, and I've only mm. played it for two hours, so. I get it, and I I think they that is probably part of what they're going for. It did create confusion when we just sailed to an island thinking we yeah, could find some treasure. I think at and the very least know. they could have said, "Oh, make sure you pick up a mission from this guy before you head off." Yeah, because it's, it's, that what, was one notification wouldn't hurt. Would like, it? It's a safety the, bit the thing where hey, you've got to figure out how the boat works. I think that's quite fun. Like it's mm. enjoyable to all sort of find your role kind of organically and yes. see what you've got to do and get into you know ridiculous scraps where. Uh, a bad things happened because of your own stupidity. Like, yeah. That's all great. It's just like, here's how you just get an objective. I think is a fine thing to so tell the player. Before we get to the second brigging, yes. this feels like a good opportunity to like tell me what you actually are doing in the game because obviously I know pirate <laughs> sim basically, but I don't think I've got more of a sense of it than you have a ship, but you know w- what you're actually doing or how granular the yeah, tasks you, um, and things are so you pick up um operations or missions or whatever they're called um before you head out get onto the ship um i think you could, there's like a voting system on which one you want to go for or anything yeah i think each player can carry different voyages put them down on the table and then you as a group you'll put a blade into the one that you want to do yeah oh, okay. but then um once you've picked that like there is there are a lot of steps to sort of achieving it i mean the only objective I've completed was basically go to an island, dig up some treasure, uh, and then take it back somewhere. So yeah. that was incredibly simple, but it was things like um, once we once we voted on a mission, we had to find where which island to go to, um, and that meant like. Tom Senior had to be down in the map room. Yes, there's but, an actual map on a table that he's got to sort of scroll through and find the coordinates, and then tell me yeah. which way to go. And the clue so, we had yeah. was we had the shape of the island. Yes, like that's all we had. So we had to find okay. on the map. We just had to go through shape. the map and actually match up to the shape. And then once we had that, like find where our position was. And oh, you want to go northwest this amount of time. And, and then, like, and then operating the boat is a matter of um, you can control you control the angle of the sails, how low the sails go. Um, uh, loading the cannonballs and then firing the cannonballs and then someone is steering and you have so to I guess like to raise anchor, drop anchor, like, yeah. And you, you co- coordinating on that as a group is basically the game. Um, just and, and and learning when to do the right thing at the right time and working efficiently. I guess on a four-person boat, like you, 
I guess the division is like you want one person navigating, one person steering, yeah, one person doing like the sails and the anchor and that, and then one person handling combat. And well, I think when sure the com- cannons are loaded, when combat kicks off, you probably want two or three. Yeah, people. You, yeah. The, the map guy can get get, get upstairs. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it does sound very much like a seafaring version of um, Artemis Bridge Crew. There's, there's a bit yeah. of that, yeah, yeah basically. Um, yeah. Although I, yeah, I guess there's less, less. Um, deliberate hazards put in your way it's not about like being given a problem and having to solve it in a coordinated way it is check out the it's beat a bit the more gentle it. yeah yeah it's basically <laughs> sorry <laughs> no sorry but like the um there are other uh, sort of types of quests uh, so i i the one i played when i was at rare which i think has been in the was in the closed beta as well was mm-hmm. you get like a riddle um like the name of an, of an island and then um, a certain pattern that we had to find on an island it was like an eagle hunter or something like that and then it, and then it goes and um, then once you found the image of this eagle hunter walk nine steps right and you'll find your next clue oh, and then cool. you, yeah so stuff like that yeah. and that i think i think is um procedurally generated um right. those quests um and and some and um like to kick off that quest i had to go to like a pattern on a wall and play my instrument and then the pattern lit up and then Another clue oh, appeared on this so they have scroll. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That so sounds really cool. Yeah, that's 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 really good. Like, I, I wonder how interesting that will be to do over and over again. But um, I I'd definitely be up for being the fourth if mm. you guys oh, promise not absolutely, to break yeah. me. No, we won't. I, 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 I'm really, really up for giving this a go. I'm actually quite excited about it. That'd be good. Um, cool. The best... I have it. So yeah. oh, great. Well, the best thing about it is that the interactions are nice and simple. Like, if you want to fire a cannon, it's just stick in the cannonball, boom. And like, um, it's not really a game about very precise interactions. It's quite no. quite chunky feeling combat. It's kind of got cartoony style. Like, everyone's guns are exactly the same power as anyone else's. All of the upgrades you can make are going to be cosmetic. Um, but what they showed me at Rare was some of the, um, I guess, end game stuff or you know ways to keep you going progression systems so um the thing it's leading up to is you you're aiming to become a pirate legend and you do this by taking on these different voyages when you take on voyages from the um trading companies in the game there are three there's one in the closed beta but there are three overall okay um and uh you you each time you return a, a chest to them or you complete one of their missions then your um your status with them goes up and then you can um buy um promotions in that um in in that trading company in order to unlock more bonuses and things to buy and mm. stuff like that and so the the idea is you can rank up with each one and then once you've reached a certain level of that there will also be npc characters around the world who i think measure your success in things like uh sword fighting and um, shooting and treasure hunting and once i think that like once they're happy that you've reached a certain level it, it unlocks a new area on the map like um you get a key to access a secret area like where where pirate legends can go and there are these um ghosts in this uh tavern there which is um, built into the back of like a uh a decrepit old ship and it's basically a bit like the goonies where they find that pirate ship it's in like a kind of cove and yeah the idea is you can only reach this area if you're you've reached this level of mastery mm. with the game um and they don't they reckon it'll take like two weeks for the first player to to do that when it launches i guess it it would likely happen sooner based on yeah you based know. on how these things usually go it'll happen <laughs> in 45 minutes <laughs> but um it gives you i guess like that's something to work towards yeah um which is cool and then they also showed off um skeleton forts which are like um i guess raids their equivalent of raids so you go and kill okay. loads and loads of skeletons almost well basically too many for one crew to take out so you have to form fragile alliances in order to clear out these hordes and then the idea is you're trying to reach um this captain of the skeletons kill him then you get all of this treasure but then at that point do you and this crew divide it up because it's more treasure than one crew can carry back to their ship so do you divide it up or do you fight over Uh, the treasure and that so it's all it's all designed to feed that system of meeting other players and what happens when you meet those players are the ships persistent like are you do you have this thing that you're essentially building up with the treasure or is it just your reputation it's um just your well the ship is actually very disposable like it'll it'll sink probably like at least once when we played (laughs) yeah it's um so you can you can upgrade it with um cosmetics but it it stays it stays the same basically okay so you it is more about yeah your reputation um with these different trading companies that's 
that and like the game will give you trophies for achieving certain things in the game that you can choose to have on your ship or not um although they're a bit vague about what that might entail but mm. basically yeah imagine if it was just a parrot that got upgraded on your shoulder <laughs> well i asked them about parrots and they what they do want to do them at some point they want to have some kind of pet system in the game Need parrot physics yes mm. nice. um they didn't want them to just be like yeah you know, like a cosmetic they wanted to have some kind of meaning to the game so oh, cool. parrots and monkeys are planning on doing in the game at launch um some of the missions will be based around uh animals that you have to carry from one location to another so you have to go and like catch um chickens uh pigs and snakes and then you um, you can take them on your ship, um, take them back, and then trade them in and make money. But you have to keep them alive on the way. And there are other weird quirks to them. So if other people um, raid your ship and there are snakes on there, you can let them out of their cages and they will attack players who try who go down to the cargo hold, that sort of thing. So you're basically setting traps <laughs> with them. Um, and then, but then they can, they can all drown as well, oh, no. which will be incredibly no. sad. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, and then the chickens uh, will um, yeah at, at dawn will. Um, make the cock-a-doodle-doo noise so that's another that's another thing um, isn't that only what cocks do i yeah. mean chickens wouldn't yeah but they they, they uh, yeah i think you're right but that's what they said and oh. i i don't I, they, they definitely said at dawn it'll go off yeah i assume they just, <laughs> dawn just at dawn it's all kicking off <laughs> do you know, do you it's know all what? chicken off there you oh, go do you know what it might not be a documentary i'll be honest um <laughs> But it's um, <laughs> the idea is that's another thing that you have to do while you're on the ship. So feeding these animals, you have to feed them, and then you have to keep them keep them alive, basically. But then you can steal other people's animals, that sort of thing. Can you and put animals in the brig. Um, I don't think so. Like a really badly behaved pig. I don't, yeah, I don't <laughs> pig in the brig. And you also can't shoot snakes out of a cannon at each other, which I asked about as a kind of like shoot them on, <laughs> shoot a snake onto the. Um, that's important journalism. <laughs> shoot a snake onto the enemy ship and get the snake to attack them. You can't do that. But it's um, an exclusive, sir. <laughs> yeah, it might be. I mean, knowledge. I'm sure I'm the only one who asked. <laughs> It's, like, it's because Chris Livingston from the US team said I should ask about that, so I did. Yeah. It just felt awkward It does peer strike pressure. me as the sort of thing he'd try and do as well. <laughs> exactly. He's thinking the diary feature's been dashed exactly. right yeah. there. The man's obsessed with systems. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, um, <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, really sort of chunky and enjoyable to play. You pick it up and you, you get it almost straight away, I'd say, like um, just mm. how every interaction works. It's very pretty as well, very nice colours used to light this tropical world. And then... Um, the other thing they showed off is the Kraken, which is what basically seems like a super boss, yeah. where you'll see like uh, this kind of murky ink in the water, and then it will emerge, and it can um, wrap, I think, up to three ships in its tentacles, and it can grab players and drown them, grab players and throw them. The idea being that each time you play it, there might be some variance to how it will, how the encounter will go. Um, I saw a bit of someone playing it over like their shoulder, and they seem to be shooting a lot of cannonballs at like mm. tentacles, and you can slice the tentacles with your um, sword and then you'll get like ink in your face that sort of thing so it's quite a the idea is it forms these quite dramatic encounters where di- loads of different players will turn up and then mm. you'll try and fight it out actually one thing I didn't ask I'm going to ask them is what reward do you get for being the Kraken because mm. I assume there's something for like I don't know part exchanging some bits of its tentacle or something I'm sure someone's into that I don't know um, mm. and then Kraken um, eyes <laughs> yeah uh, so yeah, they uh, and then you you as a player could be opt- opportunistic and come along and see that all these ships have sunk. So now you're going to take their treasure and go off. You having avoided the kraken at all costs. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's all everything they they're doing is, seems to be to feed that player interaction angle of what are the, what are the most interesting and cheeky things that you can do and what kind of stories can you build out of it. Mm. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm definitely intrigued. So what about the second brigging before we move on? Oh, what yeah. was that? Phil, do you want to I was hoping we'd forgotten about that. Um, <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, this was... It's kind of hard to unpick like the start of the chain of events that led to everything going wrong. Um, but it was basically... I can't remember who it was. Either you, Sam, or Tom decided that, no, we weren't going to get up close to the harbour that we were... Into. We were pretty close, though. We weren't too we far. We were very far away. Come on, we oh, were like a, a we minute because we had the specific thing where, uh, like, I was steering into port, and they were like, whoever it was was like, no, let's drop anchor now because you know we don't want to end up beached up yeah. on the island. I was like, yeah, but we've it's just that's too far to swim. Let's go a bit further. And no, we dropped anchor, and wouldn't you know it, there were sharks between <laughs> the ship and where we needed to be. Yeah. And we got eaten by sharks 
Lots? I, I'd but, say lots. See, I didn't get eaten by a shark at all, because I killed a shark and then just carried on swimming. I was fine. Well, believe <laughs> you, I got eaten by one shark. Tom Senior got eaten by sharks twice, yeah. easily. Um, Did at no point anyone think of moving the ship a bit closer? Well, let's move on <laughs> with our story. <laughs> so, yes. So we all make it to, well, the three of us make it to Ireland um, and start trying to, again, trying to figure out what we were doing. This is when we picked up our first mission, I think. Yeah. Um, so the one we were picking up or dropping off our first mission. So we didn't, a lot of it was just talking to people and figuring out what we were meant to do. Um, as we were doing that, the fourth person, a new random person, because the other one had quit out, uh, started... I, don't, I can't remember the details of why. <laughs> well, they, it's they, not coming to me right now. They raised anchor... And Sam was like, they're stealing our ship. They're stealing our ship. Quick, let's lock them up. Oh, God. In the brig. So we did. Oh. Yeah, but like, um, but also. Now, the thing I, now, the thing I would point out is. Uh-huh. They didn't communicate I, that, did they? Well, they, they didn't necessarily have a way to communicate that. Well, they could have used a chat in the text chat in the game. Maybe? Yeah, they could have used a text chat. I don't, I don't know how the chat is. But text instead, chat was instead I think it's quite bold to just. <laughs> To just raise anyway. the anchor of the ship without consulting anyone. <laughs> and doing what exactly? Sailing away and just leaving us? Like, well, okay, that's where you're heading. Like, my assumption was they were just moving it closer to. But you to also voted port. to put them in the brig, Phil. Yeah, because, like, bants. <laughs> Okay. I am a terrible bully. I'm not. I'm not just like trying to justify this. <laughs> Thought it would be funny. Um, anyway, I, I contend that they were trying to get it close to port because of all the times that we were eaten by sharks. Um, but then um, we. Um, so what happened after that was uh, we sailed off somewhere else. Um, and Phil, you, mm, Phil, did you, we sail off or <laughs> did we? What did get you back do, to Phil? the boat? And what did you do? Everybody went downstairs, partially to taunt the guy who was in. No, we weren't taunting. That didn't happen. <laughs> we just went to see the, the check on them, basically, <laughs> and partially to figure out the map room. And I did raise anchor, um, thinking let's sail away. And then I got distracted by something. Um, when I came back up from, but I think actually the water started leaking into the into the hold where we had the guy in the brig, and I came up. And you were like, "Oh yeah, we crashed." And then it was, <laughs> well, yes. and it was into like you managed to wedge the boat at like a ninety yeah. degree angle. The of boat a, yeah. was pointing towards the harbour at the time. I raised anchor, didn't then go and grab the steering wheel because I'd been distracted by something. Um, and but we, you yes, were that you were that was your we job. Very it? hard. Well, yes, it was. You were steering the ship. I actually, I wasn't steering the ship at that Tom point. That no, the rando the was, but we'd locked him in the brig. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, this um, the difference. Anyway, we wedged ourselves so hard into the pier that even once we'd patched up the boat and it stopped taking on water, we just couldn't move the boat. So a little, and uh, eventually, it seemed to sort of just get embarrassed for us and disappear. And then there was a merman in the water that we had to swim up to, and he teleported us, us to a new boat. Yeah, and then at that point, we let the rando out of the brig. Um, uh, yeah, also, eventually we let him out. There's a timer on it, so even if you regret your decision, you can't let them out immediately. You've got to wait until the game timer ticks down. Yeah, it's interesting. Anyway, they helped us after that, and actually they were quite competent, and we shouldn't have ever locked them in the brig. Yeah, so we all learned a valuable lesson. But, the first, but I maintained that the first one was oh. fine, because they rang the bell and didn't help with the sailing. Mm, okay. That does sound slightly more justified <laughs> than bit, the other yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, I mean, anyway, that's how it's we definitely easier to justify after the fact, for sure. I'm not sure I want to play with you three. <laughs> I feel well, like I could you. set up my own crew and I, I, do better. <laughs> I honestly, my thought was after that, after the um, scuttling incident, is that Phil Savage should have been put in the brig for his bad captaining. Like, I, mm, we I, can we can start off with a brigging. <laughs> just for past past misdeeds. Um, <laughs> yes. How would you respond to that claim, Phil? Uh, I refer you to my lawyer. <laughs> and I'll refer you to the transcript of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Well, so that's Sea of Thieves, but I think it's got a lot of potential. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to trying it some more. Yeah, I think they've they have got enough to sustain that first month of the game. But I think it would be nice to see what their roadmap is to keep it exciting and interesting because mm. that I still don't get much of a sense of what what will come into the game to keep it vibrant and. You know, because you can do you all of its fun stuff has been in the game since I first played it at Gamescom 2016. The things they've added since then seem to be um, 
like making the world look nicer and mm. I guess more islands and um, the quests and progression system but the actual you know um, fun chunky interactions that's always been there so yeah how they build in it and whether that will take hold is yeah. uh, we'll see but it, it was certainly a hit on Twitch I think it was like number one game at some point and hundreds of thousands of people watching it all weekend so there's definitely interest there but um, yeah Pip prepared, mm. pre- be prepared to be locked in the brig potentially <laughs> it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun um, speaking of games that involve the water then Pip um, let's transition seamlessly into <laughs> Subnautica seamlessly. oh okay yes <laughs> <laughs> What uh, t- tell us the deal with Subnautica bit, which you described as your favourite game of the last five years in your review? Yeah, I think it might be one of my favourite games of all time, actually. But five years felt like a good sort of <laughs> non-committal. <thing> for... <laughs> well, I couldn't think of anything else. Dota was slightly before that, so it was oh, like okay, okay. <laughs> that sort of fits. Um, so it is uh, by uh, I'll start that again. Mm. It's a survival game where you've crash-landed on the surface of an ocean planet in space and you have apparently no way of getting off the planet. You're the only survivor and you need to figure out what you are going to do about this situation. Mm. Um, On all sides is water and many, many things that will kill you. (laughs) So, uh, yes... And you start off by, you know, figuring out the basics, like what you're going to do for food, for clean water, and for sort of crafting a basic toolkit for survival. And then from that point onwards, it starts to open up different areas that you can survive in for longer or harvest more resources from or different things or, you know, learn more about your environment. And then there's, there is a narrative that threads through this, but it's kind of interesting because the game kind of trusts you with how much you want to engage with that at any given time. Like, Mm. I spent hours and hours pottering before I even bothered with the story because I just fancied seeing more of underwater worlds. Mm. Mm. Okay. Cool, yeah, I mean, um, you've uh, you've played many, many hours in early access. Like, what's the deal with the story then? Like, is that what's kind of compelling about that, that tale and how they've done it? So I think it's that it drip feeds things in an interesting way um, or in a manageable way because a lot of what it prompts you to do comes to you via um, like a radio transmitter, one of which is on your life boy, <coughs> um, life pod rather, um, but you can also build more of them if you decide to build a base um, mm do their habitat building side of things um and so it will start feeding you these little radio communications from other life pods or from from other bits and pieces just so that you have a sense of if you don't know what to do it gives you a direction Mm. basically um but they they don't um all mount up it's not like you'll go over if you've ignored it for hours and find you know 900 voicemails Mm. from from space you'll you'll just get the one and then it'll be like well if you you know if you don't know what you're doing at this particular point in time there's a signal that's been detected over here you know so you can start figuring that stuff out um and there's, you know, you're broadly interested in how the accident happened and, you know, sort of you, you do start uncovering other bits of wreckage that don't seem to have come from your ship. And so it's about, you know, OK, well, what's been going on and things like that. And there's a weird water infection, it seems, that some of the fish are infected. So you're sort of looking into that as well. So... But otherwise, you can just treat it as a, I want to build a nice house under the sea, mm. which I also did. For It was think, a very nice house. Well, I think I spent about 20 hours doing that, and then I think I'm on about 50 hours with this playthrough, and that is... I tapped out at the very end of the, the narrative side of things um, for various reasons that I don't want to get into, because spoilers, but... Um, it the game is also sort of happy for me to do that as well, which is quite nice. So I've just been pottering. I've come mm. back to pottering under the sea, mm, as nice. is my norm. So you said that some people describe this as a horror game, haven't you? Like, it's, yes. uh, do, do you do you think it's scary? Like genuinely seeing those things swim out of the dark. So I think it can 
be but if you're not freaked out by deep sea stuff in general and i'm not Mm. the most that happens is you might get a jump scare or you might be a bit sort of cautious about some of the noises that you hear or you know things like that or you might get a bit disoriented when you're trying to get out of a cave system so it's it's more that kind of momentary panic whereas I know that some people are so freaked out by either the idea of big things in the sea or just by sea creatures in general that I think that they would genuinely find some of the biomes in particular just hard to even deal with or go into or yeah how many jellyfish are in it Right, so <laughs> the the thing that's closest to a jellyfish, I would say, is stationary. It's it's a thing that okay. is attached to some of the rocks and hangs down. So it's like a, a sort of floppy barnacle, basically, or, or like a little poisonous curtain. <laughs> okay. So okay. I think you'd be all right because yeah. it's not like they're free roaming. Mm. <laughs> no, that sounds better. Okay. Are you willing to play it now, Phil? I, I might play it now. <laughs> okay, do you chance of playing that than going in an actual sea where there are actual <laughs> jellyfish? So I guess um, with the final release, Pip, did the um, biomes change much, or like um, were, have they just largely been in place for a long time now? Not really. They've been in place for a long time, and the um, the basic layout. Cause it's not a pre- procedurally generated area; it's a curated set of biomes and things which I I like but I know that a few people are like well what's the replay value and I'm kind of like pointing at my 50 hour playthrough going look at my house bitch (laughs) doesn't matter (laughs) (laughs) so um, but I think so there was there was definitely a, a, a couple of art passes and things fairly recently and I know that they added in sort of bits and pieces as they went but it it's more that it just looks more polished since I last played it. I last played it maybe two or three years ago, I think, and I've just been holding off for the for the final stuff because I hadn't played any of the story stuff at that point. Mm. So, mm. Um, but yeah, did one of you say ask whether I was going to carry on playing it, or was that have I just imagined? Um, that? I was actually about to ask you that, but oh. I only asked about jellyfish. <laughs> That's weird. Okay. No, I was about to ask you that. Like, okay. <laughs> I was like, did you read my mind? Because I thought about that 20 seconds ago. Okay. <laughs> anyway, yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um. Well, so I'm psychic. Anyway. <laughs> um, oh, kick the table. Um, I think I will, but I have been taking a break from it because the review was one of those ones where yeah. it, because there was so much in the game and it is designed to be played at a slower pace than a review mm. demands, that was quite a weird one because I'm so used to pottering in that game and doing whatever that trying to get to the end of a story to see whether that bears up was like yeah quite a it's like when you binge watch something and then you just think I really need to not see that again for a year (laughs) yeah so obviously I've I've drifted back but it's been mostly to go into the free cam mode and take a bunch of screenshots to you know, play it that way. I guess just as mm. a as a thing to sightsee in, rather than. But the annoying thing is, I can't post any of them online because people just get so cross about spoilers. Because <laughs> oh, okay. you know, the the later game biomes would feel like spoilers, and yeah. I do get that. Yeah, it's more just that they're also really pretty. <laughs> so used to putting pretty pictures online. Uh, people don't care about that shit with Assassin's Creed Origins. That's for they, sure. They it's like know. here's here's nine fucking pyramids and one screenshot. I don't even I did, were there even nine pyramids? I don't know. I assume so. <laughs> But still, based on those screenshots, there were so many. You're thinking of Toblerone. <laughs> they were all perfectly lined up. It was a mystery. Make of nougat. Yes. Um, so yes, um, yeah, I, I appreciate your uh, restraint there, Pip, when it comes to spoilers, because many people don't share that. Mm. Um, yeah, okay. So that's uh, that's a nice game. Let's have some griping on this podcast. Um, Phil Savage, Hi. hello. You've been playing Dennis. <laughs> You've been playing Dynasty Warriors 9. I have. And how is that? And why did you put yourself through reviewing that? I, um, I don't know. I think just because uh, I wanted to review something stupid. Um, yeah. And the Dynasty Warriors series, like, I've played a few of them over the nine main versions of that series. 
uh, not including the seemingly hundreds of spin-offs and anime ones and ones about Japan <laughs> and oh, just oh there's a lot going on there um, but back in quote unquote the day a dynasty warrior game was about loading into a map that was basically just a castle yeah uh, and there were maybe 20 enemy lords on that map and there were 20 allied lords on that map and there were a couple of thousand of regular soldiers and you just killed everything <laughs> just went through and you'd murder some fools uh, in a very arcadey sort of um, it, it's it was amazing I saw a press release about Dynasty Warriors 9 that was going on about its historical relevance but this is a game where you do a combo and a hundred people can die <laughs> yeah just like in real life just yeah uh, because you just have a massive weapon that just takes out you know ten people at once with each swing is Guan Yu still in that? Uh, probably. He's my boy. Yeah, <laughs> he's got. He's like got basically what it's like um, uh, some kind of golf club that has a blade on it, and he just swings oh, it yeah. around over and over again. And he has yet. a beard, but I realise that doesn't narrow it down. Mm. So, yeah, um, good times, good times. Lubu still in it? Yeah, Lubu's still there. Yeah, naturally. Yeah, not so much my boy there, obviously, yeah. but um, yeah, good turn of the old favourites. Yeah, it? yeah. If that, if that, are they really trying to sell out the angle of like historical accuracy? That's a, it, that's it, was, it, times, it was like it? it was one of the many bullet points, but it was not one that I necessarily thought they had good claim to, you know, <laughs> yeah, tout as a feature. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so, what, um, what were the mistakes they've made with this one? So, like the thing I enjoyed about the old ones, it was kind of yes, it was stupid, and it was about just doing big combos on a thousand dudes. Um, but there was a there was some sort of there was there was some light tactics there about like who you helped at what time and which lords you went, and because you were trying to you, I mean, a lot of the time you couldn't just run to the main enemy and kill them. You had to sort of help the other allies to make a gate open go to various places on the battlefield to sort of push your forces forward and yeah open gates and unlock bits of the level yeah, and just move quite, forward that way and it was kind of it's quite a nice it idea was isn't nice. it nice um, and this one they seem to have foregone that completely in favour of it's just an open world game now um, and quite a bland world um, there are like pockets of what you'd call classic Dynasty Warriors um, stuff, but it's all spread out now over a much. Generally, it's spread out over this huge map, and it's all about like, oh, the red, the red team owns this little camp here, and you clashing over the course of a map, um, and then moving between places. It's just barren, and there's nothing, and it just doesn't have that same kind of flow, and it doesn't have the same. Kind, it feels. Like the scale is has been massively reduced, okay. which is feels paradoxical because it's a you know a huge map now. Yeah, but there's just so little happening between right. those pockets of action that it really feels like it's a much smaller. You always feel like you arrived in the middle of like a middle of a gigantic battle in mm. the Warriors. That's the kind of magic of it. Is you turn up and then. I don't want to use the word magic. It's not the right word. No, no, that's <laughs> never the word for this series. Thing. A thing mm. that it does. Um, that's the thing that it does. USP. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose it is unique. I mean, the it would be SP, unique if they hadn't then. made it. <laughs> <laughs> it's P. Yeah, it's a P. <laughs> yeah, so um, so that's its P. You turn up and then, yeah. You yeah, take... and there's just a battle happening and you join it, you get stuck in. Yeah. And that sort of happens, but it's a bit more directionless. Now you sort of bounce around between these missions. And the missions are usually just go and kill a person right. or go and help a person. Um, and when you do one of like the sort of submissions, it does move things up or it sort of helps... It, it, it causes an effect that will help you when it comes to the main um, battle of that chapter, which mm. you can go off and do at any time. So if you want to go and smack the bleeder of the Yellow Turban Rebellion right off, you can do that. You'll be woefully under-leveled, because there's a levelling system now and everything. Um, I thought I'd crush that rebellion like eight times Well, that's already. the problem. If Jeez. you have played this series, that rebellion has been... <laughs> that is an ongoing ...thoroughly trounced. Yeah. <laughs> Many a time. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's weird hearing you say about you know the the joy of previous games was being able to get stuck into battle because I think the only times I looked over at your screen it was one dude on a horse with a really overactive cape. Yes, and that was going through the most 
mediocre background. Very much so. And that, that, that is the main problem. Like, there's just a lot of travelling between places now. And there's a fast travel system if you want to sit waiting through loading screens instead. But, um, it, yeah, it really has is it, diluted is fast travel, uh, the kind of action a lot. Right. Is their fast travel system just the AI plays it in the background for you? Like, <laughs> just, uh, we'll just take the optimum route there. We won't speed it up, but you, oh, know, you uh, go off and get a coffee. Let's not even talk about optimum routes because <laughs> the um, you know that thing where you want to go to a location, so you open the open world map and you click a point and it goes, okay, here's the easiest way to go on this route, on this yeah. horse. That's just broke as shit because it will take you about three times the length of distance you need to go. It'll try and find these paths or whatever that will lead you to your destination. And it's like, but it's everything's just mud. It's just mud and grass everywhere. There's no real terrain. I mean, there's a bit, but it's like, there's no... Why would I go all the way around this elaborate road network where I could just sort of go as the crow flies 200 feet that way and I'll get to my destination? Wow. It, it's very strange. <laughs> Sounds like a bad game, Phil. Is it bad? I mean, it seems to be a pretty bad game. I've now I've hit the I've hit a new chapter now, and um, I'm just in a city doing missions. Like, here's how you do fishing, because of course, um, as an open world game, it has a fishing mini game in it now. <laughs> right, um, okay, that's yeah. just the law. Yeah, and here's yeah. how you hunt, has one as well. Here's how you hunt animals, uh, or and all this stuff, and it's like, well, oh, none of this was necessary. Well, in a world with Sega bass fishing, I, all other fishing mini-games are basically superfluous. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever played a good um, fishing mini-game in anything. Zelda's Link's Awakening right. had quite a good one. Like, it's a two side-on, hover the bait down, mm. get, get the fish interested. I'm, the way I'm describing this is get the fish interested. <laughs> Final Fantasy XV's is okay. Uh, no. Time. It's all right. You think so? I think it's fine. Yeah. All right, okay. That's, well, that's all right. Ocarina of Time, you say, Pip? Mm. Yeah. All right, good. Nears wasn't very good. Nears was terrible. Yakuza's is a bit... Mm. Well, it's, it depends whether you're doing freshwater or saltwater fish, because <laughs> right. they have different mini-games. Is this like whether you like rally racing or like regular <laughs> Formula One? Seems yeah. To be, yeah. Or rugby league or what's the other one? Union. Union. Rugby ball. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Golf. <laughs> Oh no! Everybody's golf fish fishing mini game now. That is entirely pointless, but they have it because it's a bit open world sometimes. Well, everybody's golf is. Everybody's golf has a fishing mini game. I know they used to have a little lobby for when you, you'd hang out waiting for, to do some golf, but anyway. you can just load online into it. That's a PS4 game. It's, it's not. A, these in are all, These are all not PC games, <laughs> but hey. We've started, if there is a good PC fishing game. I haven't found it. And, and if there is one, it's for dads, and we won't enjoy it. That's my other theory. It's like, and it, and it was made in two thousand and two, and, it was, and Microsoft made it, and then they abandoned it. Chris Livingston just played a commercial fishing game. Isn't for Planet the Fishing on on PC now? I, don't know. I, I should look into this. They had a really overblown advert for something, and then not for PC. No, I was very mm. upset about it. Is that is that one that Chris Livingston's playing, also the one Andy's playing? That's the one Andy wanted to start playing because he likes Deadliest Catch. Okay, yeah. Uh, so do you? I don't, I don't know, but I, not not enough that I want to play a, a fishing. Also, game. there's a fundamental <laughs> difference between television and games. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah, that is very very true. Um, okay, anything more to say on Disney Warriors then, Phil? As we, uh... like, I need to play a bit more of it before I can deliver uh, our review. Um, yes. But early promise, early signs are not like particularly promising, especially because I don't actually I don't know what's going on with the price at the moment because uh, the Steam store page is no longer active. Yes, but when it was in pre-order mode, it was like fifty-five quid. But they deleted is the game. A, is it not coming out now? Well, maybe. <laughs> oh wow, that's really well, this shit. was a mistake. This dynasty was bad. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like it was on Steam for something like fifty-five quid, which is absurd. That they always sell them at that price, mm, don't they? On there, no, I don't know that, why. That, that is not. That's I not think correct. Can really justify. Like it seems like there's going to be a lot there. There are again, you can play through as a lot of characters. But will you? Want and there to? are a lot of campaigns. But after playing a few chapters with Chow Chow, uh, I'm not wild about <laughs> any of it. Okay. Well, there you go. That's. Uh, I, I feel like Dynasty Warriors is a thing I got out of my system when I was 17, and I've, uh, it's got nothing left to give me. You know, and I was I've got really, nothing left to give it. I was. Re- I was sort of looking forward to just like a, a low effort seven out of ten that I could just enjoy. Yes. That would be a bit relaxing, uh, and it's just not been that. It's just been dull. I love a good seven out of ten. I know. Mm. What's the last good seven out of ten you played, Pip? 
I would need to have a better memory than I do mm. right now. <laughs> but I do... Have, like, I Was find it Dota it, 2? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I find it really comforting when you play just the sort of game that is quite almost workmanlike, but, you know, it's it's sufficient for what you need. It's kind of like a... a it's like when I watch Holby City, basically. It's like, I know what I'm getting. It's fine. <laughs> yes. It's great. <laughs> yeah, uh, Cluster Truck did a bit of that for me, that game where you just hop between lots of lorries. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, then, mm. um, and that's all you do. And it's um, and it has leaderboards, but even though the the trucks are always in a different place, there's no point having leaderboards. <laughs> it was a pointless game, and uh, I played it for about uh, five hours. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. If you can't think of any of them, Pip, it's fine. We'll just uh, we'll talk about something else. Right. Well, I mean, it, the other thing that I have been playing is Oblivion, and I would say that is pretty seven out of ten in mm. so yeah, many a lot ways. Because yeah. you know the the dialogue and the the actual sort of main story quest, they do feel very sort of they are a solid level of story and solid level of stuff to do, but it's not you know playing it certainly now. It none of it is you know massively enticing it's just very comfy um and obviously Mm. a certain amount of that is because i'm playing it 12 years later than i previously did and Mm. i'm familiar with the world but you know there is a there is obviously a, a healthy chunk of this is a you know fundamentally a tropey fantasy game right mm-hmm so yeah, I never, I never ever got into the story side of the Elder Scrolls games. I really I don't think anybody has. You don't think so? Some people love that shit, though, don't they? My friend Andrew loves that shit. The story, yeah, like the actual tales, not even just the lore and the kind of setup, but the actual, the about when Martin, a man called Martin, is the savior of the world or something. Yeah, I suppose maybe not. He's but like, secretly um, a god yes, and a dragon and, also and a, a dragon. statue. But I, I don't mean <laughs> literally everybody's OC fanfic creation. But I don't mean the main story. I, I necessarily. I mean like you know getting drawn into the Dark Brotherhood and all that stuff. People. The Dark Brotherhood and um, yeah, the Dark Brotherhood is usually the best set of quests in any given. Yeah. Elder Scrolls thing, um, and. I think the Thieves Guild has its moments usually, as well. Yeah. Usually, um, they, that's, that almost seems different because that, that that kind of just builds into this kind of immersive world building thing they do, which is quite again quite sort of paradoxical in that none of it makes sense if you do it all with one character. Mm. If you be in the Thieves Guild, who yeah. have a very strict "don't kill people" policy, at least for two of their missions, before they're like, "actually, no, you can kill people; it's fine." <laughs> um, and then the Dark Brotherhood, who have a very strict kill policy. Um, and then the, the mages, mages guild, guild get cross if you kill other mages, but they only get cross in the sense that you then have to do some fetch quests, yeah. and then you get allowed back into the mages guild. Right. Okay. Yeah. So. There's no content. There's, it's hard to it's hard to weave uh, a story that would link all of the things happening to the same person. Um, mm. They um. So they don't. <laughs> they do have some lovely side quests. Like there's just there's, there are clear moments of. Humor, or that that humans made this game, that it was you know something that people cared about, and you know had a good time, or you know like used creativity in. Because there's things like in the um, so when you're trying to join the Mages Guild, you have to do essentially a little quest for every Mages Guild head um, in the satellite cities of uh, the main big capital, um, and one of the interesting things that I hadn't noticed before was I think pretty much all of the Mages Guild heads who are competent are women, which was just a thing that I hadn't noticed when I played it the first time around, but was quite nice. Um, But also the one of the ones that you are trying to appease the dude ones actually uh, he, he um, makes you go into a well to retrieve a thing um, called the Ring of Burden and it's just because he's an awful awful jerk and essentially you go into a body of water and you have to bring out this ring that weighs 150 150 <laughs> 
whatevers that it, and it takes up most of your inventory and you will likely drown if you don't figure that out mm-hmm. in the time I, I usually play as an Argonian in these things and they can actually breathe underwater so I was fine but it was just oh, nice. it, but it made me laugh because it was like okay this guy is just sending just people to yeah. drown and be a dick yeah he's just a total psychopath um, so yeah that was an interesting one um, and then the I think he runs away and the lady who takes over just writes me a recommendation like just just take it, it's fine <laughs> um, is, um, but yeah <laughs> is Oblivion the one with the uh, raining dog quest where you I have to remember. make raining dogs or burning dogs fall from the sky I don't know part of I think it's the um, Shiagorath Quest, oh, um, the god of mad, the Daedric god of madness, yeah. and he's just trying to fuck with a village by making them think that their god has returned. And the signs of their apocalypse involve something like smelly cheese and um, <laughs> dogs <laughs> falling from the sky. That sounds good. I don't remember that. I really don't remember it from the first time around. So it might be just maybe that it this was a dream. Playthrough is. <laughs> Not touching on the right things because I've been. Hear a console yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not sure there's like because um, it's not part of any of the uh, guilds or anything. I think it is just if you wander into that town. Yeah, uh, she of course like, hey, do you want to help me fuck with these guys? <laughs> I think because I've been doing a lot of fast travel, so I've been mm. mostly ignoring the alien ruins and you know basically all of the smaller stuff that I used to get absolutely sidetracked and captivated by but it's it's only because I wanted to you know get a bit further a bit quicker so mm. I'll probably potter um again <laughs> forever um although one of the annoying thing is because I got the um the game of the year edition um so you get all of the DLC with that and as you are making your way out of the sewers you know you a solo like criminal escapee person you know no one else around you you're just you know grubbing around in a dirt passage and suddenly it's like hey call in for your free horse armor it's like you're getting spam text messages (laughs) for like 20 minutes just as all of the dlc notifications like come through on your screen and it's like okay I mean, I, this is rather immersion breaking within the first few seconds. Amazing! Well, so. congratulations, you got out of the sewer. Now, now claim your free horse armor. <laughs> is it any more immersion breaking than you meet the emperor and he's all like, "Yeah, you seem cool. Come along with us." By the way, I'm going to die now. I don't know. I don't. I think at the time I just accepted that as <laughs> like, "Yeah, I'm playing a video game." Yeah, fair. <laughs> that's certainly a thing that's happening. I came to Oblivion too late, really. Like I played it after Fallout 3, and Fallout 3 I thought was a bit more competently. Well, I suppose like the main story is good in that. I think personally, mm. and like um, I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, fantasy just never quite grabbed me in the, mm. the same way. But um, yeah, I think I like its rough edges in a weird way because to me, I never quite got s- stuck into Skyrim. Like it was always just a bit too big or a bit too shiny or a bit too I I can't I, I can't quite explain what it was without going back and playing a chunk more, but with um Oblivion I, I certainly like even the, the janky weird um speechcraft minigame, I quite like that just because it was so weird yeah. and so <laughs> yeah, strange. odd and so kind of like it, it was another sort of moment where you knew that these were just sort of people trying new things or doing odd, interesting things. I Something guess. about it seems quintessentially like a PC RPG should be. Yeah, mm. which is uh, oh yeah, I mean, to your point, I think like Fallout and the Elder Scrolls series, even Bethesda's version of Fallout, has always done sort of fundamentally different things. Um, Fallout does seem to try to be a bit more consistent and be about a specific character going on a specific story, yeah. as opposed to like this broad template for adventure who goes out and wins everything. Yeah, or you can change the species of your character, etc., etc. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but no, I just uh, I think I just came to it slightly too late. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, are you running a reinstall on it, Pip? Is that why you're doing it? Yeah, because um, I've been meaning to go back to it and um, and 
Phil was saying we hadn't actually had one on Oblivion, and so that felt like the exact right push that I needed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, had one on Skyrim, just not Oblivion. <laughs> well, the thing is, though, because now you've had to sit next to me while I sort of get surprised by things <laughs> and squeak and forget what I'm doing and mm. how to launch fireballs at people, and then just. I think you watched the entire fight where I jogged backwards around a cave. <laughs> well, yeah, so usually, yeah, usually the squeaks <laughs> correspond to a fight is not going well and you're backtracking whilst just sort of swinging something yeah. at, like somebody. Yeah. Wow. Such scenes. I look forward to reading this. I, sort of, I think the thing I struggle with most now is probably the menus because I remember them mm. being particularly hard work um, when I tried playing Oblivion. For me, it's more the fact that I need to keep remembering that space is um, interact. Oh, right, yeah, that is weird, actually. Which just is weird. And right. maybe I should investigate different key bindings, mm. but I just keep forgetting. But it means that occasionally I've tried to get up from a seat and have accidentally stolen things rather than what's, getting up. What's the jump button? E. And there's police officers. <laughs> How have so... you gone this long without rebinding Q that? Q is auto-run. <laughs> Okay, well, that's all wrong, isn't it? Basically. Change that instantly. I mean, yeah. Caps lock is run, which puts you at a walking speed. Yeah. <laughs> Pressing that again, and you'll just be oh, easing forward. That's cool. So, what issue can yeah. people catch that reinstalling? Uh, that'll be in 316, which will be out in March. Okay, good. And a new one just came out, didn't it? it 315. Did. That would be 315. It's, yes. got, uh, it's the Very one with good. Pillars of Eternity on it. Yes. Pills of Eternity 2. Someone gesturing. There's <laughs> mm. a big god doing a thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's a yeah, very nice looking cover. That's yes. a, that is a cool thing that can, people can buy. Um, I suppose we're done then, aren't we? We've done all the games. Yes. Yeah. Do you want to talk about Watch Dogs 2 at all, Phil? Um, not really. Uh, well, we can a bit. Like, <laughs> no. So that was um, one of the things that three of us tried uh, as, a, as a possible co-op game. There's actually not much to it. It's like three to four player co-op stuff. Okay. Um... It was added in after the fact, I think. Like so it's, it's got a lot. It's of, more one to two player. Yeah, it's got a lot of two player things where you just exist in the regular open world, and all the stuff is about, and you know you can just have a pal with you. But there are specific uh, events that launch if you can get three or four people in a private lobby or a public lobby or whatever. Um, there's a lot of PvP stuff there. Surely no one's playing that. I don't. I, we didn't even attempt to find out. Right. Uh, but there are a couple of PvE things, and one of them's like, oh, there's a robot and he's got a gun can you take the robot with the gun down before he guns you down well, that's and the, the answer is no okay. oh, it's, it's, like, <laughs> it's actually a proper difficult almost sort of raid style fight where you, know, you need to coordinate he's like super tough he can only be damaged in very specific moments and his gun will kill you very quickly right um, so eventually we got into a position where um, Tom Hatfield was sort of hiding a, behind a um, a wall or something, remotely hacking it with his little helicopter th- drone. Um, and then Tom Senior, while he was doing that, Tom Senior would have to get his attention by shooting him. Then I could sneak in behind him and like interact directly with a thing that you need to do uh, to disable him for a brief second where we could then shoot him for a bit and then run away before he killed us all. All while like other security guards are coming to try and kill us. And it just got incredibly complicated, and I think we realised we needed four people to do it, otherwise there wasn't a chance. Okay, well, I'll join in on Tuesday, and we'll try and sort it out. Well, I mean, we'll we sort can, this robot we'll out. sort this robot situation out. There doesn't seem to be any, <laughs> My like... My people need me. <laughs> there doesn't seem to be any particularly good reason to do it, or amazing reward for having done it, because there, we, there was another mission as well, which is just, like, the, the sort of standard Watchdogs thing, where it's, like, uh, upload this uh, virus which means wait in an area for a specific amount of time while a horde of police just come and try and kill you. Could the three of you coexist in the open world? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So you could all get in a car and drive. Oh, away. yeah, we could do that. Unfortunately, um, Hatfield's car, which spawned, which he called in, only had two seats. Fortunately, Watch Dogs doesn't have GTA's Euphoria ragdoll physics, which means that Senior could just perch on the roof of the car <laughs> and you can drive full speed and he just he can just stand perfectly on the car as you... So like you, there are transport options, it turns out. That was by far the funniest part of the entire night. That, well, I mean, that is the reason to play Watch Dogs in co-op, yeah, I mean, frankly. Yeah, I mean, I want... I mean, we can do that with four people in a two-seater car. That'd be, that could be excellent. We could maybe try and punch each other on top. <laughs> <laughs> we have a fight on a moving vehicle. Um, okay. Yes. <laughs> well, all that has made me very excited about um, playing it. So um, yeah, that's good. 
Um, I guess next time we're on the podcast, we'll have more games to talk about when we can. The weekend will have happened, I guess. Yes, the weekender, as you're listening to this, the PC Gaming Weekender should be happening on the Saturday and Sunday. You're probably listening to this from Tuesday onwards. Um, so, if 17th. Respect embargoes, you will be. Yeah. <laughs> um, 17th to the 18th of February, um, Saturday and Sunday at the London Olympia. We'll have loads of games there and panels. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can save 20% on tickets with the code PCG. You don't have to do that, though. You can also just listen to this podcast and carry on with your life, whatever you like. We'll be doing a panel, won't we, at the weekend? Yes. On the Sunday. We have finally um, worked out we're gonna we're definitely gonna do this. Last sure. um, last panel on um, Sunday will be the PC Gamer panel, so people can come along and ask us questions if they want to or whatever they like. So these are all the fun things that will happen um, on those two days. But it should be really good. Are you gonna tell them that all their questions are bad? And <laughs> they should feel bad? No, I didn't say they should feel bad about other podcast <laughs> questions. The chicken dinner one was a good question. That's that from Kurt Lewin, so thank you for that. And the guy who asked about Andy coming back, I'm I'm really sorry. I can't do anything about that right now. If I could I would. All right. <laughs> Well, hang on. If Andy's editing this, he could just say hi. Yeah, I suppose so. That's just a sound file. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello. It'll probably be still editing it this way, won't it? Probably. Yeah. Fine. Um, okay, yeah. Um, but uh, yes, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast, you two. And uh, yeah, mm. we'll be back to talk about probably Kingdom Come Deliverance and other things in the uh, in probably two weeks. So yes. Let's be honest. Yeah. 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 Cool. Cool. And it's all for my grog, my jolly jolly grog. Drinking gin